The following program is a presentation of Hall Sports Communications. UGA Football News presents today's sports report. On today's sports report, we'll talk about University of Georgia football and more. And now, here's your host of today's sports report, Chris Hall. All right, Chris Hall with you here on uh, today's sports report brought to you by UGA Football News. And it's our very great and wonderful pleasure to have with us on our program today, not only Matthew Hall uh, in his spiffy Georgia hat, but also uh, Rusty Manziel, recruiting analyst at CBS Sports, uh, 247sports.com, the Georgia writer. And also, I understand, Rusty, that your daughter is going to be upstaging you this year on Peachtree TV. Now, uh, the 31 high school football games yep. on live network television in Georgia. You're going to be calling uh, several of these games. And your daughter is going to be, what, the sideline reporter or something like that? He's actually, you know, it's kind of in recruiting when you get a player and all of a sudden they recruit a little bit over you and you're like, you get worried. So I'm, I'm, I'm my ceiling's here and her yeah. ceiling's here. So I'm a little bit worried that uh, I might lose my job to my own <laughs> DNA. So uh, we'll see. But she's going to be the, she's going to be the pregame show host and the halftime host and Ooh. You know, this is something that she has. I've been taking her to games with me, man. Um, I got a picture of her. I tweeted every now and then. It was at the Grayson Walton 2011, I think, state championship at Georgia Dome. And she's like nine years old uh, on the sidelines. And she's been going to football games with me forever. And it's truly, when they say it's in her blood, it's in her blood. And it's just something she wants to do. And, you know, it's going to be a fun year for me to, to get to do it with her because I've I, I truly feel like that she's gonna she's gonna get there one day and and be on be on maybe a, a bigger network than, than what pops is. So uh, I'm gonna enjoy this year and see how it goes. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Now, Peachtree TV uh, is that around the Atlanta area? It's the old Superstation. Uh, oh, the Superstation. Okay, I got you. Yeah, that's what me, me and mine you we understand that the old yes. Superstation. You know, yeah. uh, it's Peachtree TV is owned by uh, uh, CBS 46 and. Uh, you know, you'll be able to stream anywhere in the country. So uh, Metro Atlanta is for the station that'll be on. It's WATL in Atlanta. Um, most people have it. And I'll say this, we did four games last year as a tester. And I'll tell you this too, on the Georgia side of it, um, I was very involved in the games we picked and uh, the, the Prince Avenue versus Elka, the Brock Vandergriff kind of rematch game. Uh, you know, really people don't put single A football on TV. Well, mm. we go up there and we put single A game on and the ratings were through the roof. Um, they liked all four weeks of what we did. So now they come back and, man, we start next Wednesday and there's 31 games. But like the night before Georgia Clemson, we're doing Raven County, which is Gunner Stockton at, mm -hmm. El at Elka. Um, you know, so we got all kind of games uh, all through the year and, and it's going to be they decided they went from four games to 31. So Peachtree wow. and CBS in Atlanta is definitely all in on high school football. And I'm glad, man, it's an avenue for these kids to everybody to see. But uh, it's going to be good because we're going all over the state. You know, Georgia fans are going to get to see Vic Burley from Warner Robins, who's one of the top players in the country 2023. They're going to play Lee County the last weekend in September is the weekend of the Vanderbilt game. So that Friday night, all of Metro Atlanta We'll get to see one of the top games in the South and one of the top games in the country. Yeah. So 
it's it's really good and excited and, and like i said i get to work with, with kaylee all year this is something she's always wanted to do and i'll say this i've never made a phone call for her everything she's done she's done her own so she's got a lot more ceiling than pops we'll see how long i can hold on to, if i can hold on just a little bit longer you can do it. You can. Speaking of pops, I'm pops of obviously to Matthew, and I feel the same way. Sometimes I'm thinking, now wait a minute, slow down a little bit. You're going to go beyond me, Matthew. Good to have you with us on our program today, and all decked great. out in the G. And you doing well? Yeah, great to be on. I'm mean, looking forward to you know football fevers all and you know uh, Georgia Clemson. I mean, man, I got I got an itch going on. I mean, I said it the other day. I'll say it again. You know, and then. Uh, really appreciate Rusty coming on, uh, and like I said, congrats to you, you know, to you and your daughter both on that. And wish, you know, wish y'all the best. I mean, look, people don't. I think that's what people around the country don't understand about Georgia high school football is. I think if you were to put it on TV, and you know, like GPB, if they were to do it, like every game they could possibly do. I mean, the ratings, just like you said, would be. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just insane. Yeah, yep. and that's how big Georgia high school football really is. And uh, so you know, I'm, I'm great, uh, grateful to you know for y'all to get that opportunity to do more, and, and grateful for your daughter as well, and you too. Thank you. Well, you know, GPPs on continue to do their thing. So mm-hmm. be doing their thing. So you think about it, the state of Georgia is going to have two networks, two live networks covering wow. all you know during the season. So it's great. Right. It's great for everybody that loves high school football, but it's even greater for these communities, high school football in Georgia. Hey, you yeah, know, yeah, some, no, no, sometime on a Friday night before I get into my pizza, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, flip over to the uh, Georgia Public uh, Broadcasting yeah. Channel and see who they have on. Yeah, they don't start for week eight. They do a great job. They no, do a not, great job. We're not, we're not competing with them. We're, we're whipping them. like, hey, we're here with y'all. You know, it's like tag team wrestling. Yeah. Get us in and we're coming in with them. So, you know, they start like week eight, but we start next Wednesday. So yeah. when they come on week seven, I think, week seven, when they come on, Friday night's going to have two live games every week. Wow. It's great. So that's, that's awesome. That gets you in the mood, man. Yes, it mm-hmm. does. For Saturday morning game day, and you're getting ready for college football. That's right. All right. That's well, let's jump right into it. Uh, you know, okay. Okay. You know, it's. I have butterflies, and I'm not even going to be playing in this game. I'm going to be watching it. I, I'm I'm getting hyped up, and I'm just an old man going to sit in my recliner, you know, with my Pepsi and, and my Fritos and Cheetos and whatever, and going to be watching this game. But, boy, September 4th, 730, uh, Bank of America Stadium, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Here it comes down to Pike. Man, I, I wish it was today. I, you know, let's go ahead and get this thing. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get this thing over with. So you got Georgia, obviously, and Clemson, a highly anticipated opening uh, game of uh, the season for 2021 for both teams and the opening weekend for college football. So, I, you know, I, I know you've, you've got a lot of sources. Just give us a little insight what you're hearing about the Georgia fall camp and how things are going, and the same with Clemson as well. As you sit here right now and you look forward to this game, how do you think it's stacking up at the moment? Well, I, talk, I'll talk about a little bit of Clemson because I do have a, a, a very good uh, NFL source, I would say. Uh, this is a person that's a scout that travels and doesn't have any affiliation with Georgia or Clemson. So I, I feel like he doesn't have a dog in the fight. So I get good information from him when he sees each other. And he, he visited Clemson the other day and he told me 
uh, with Clemson. Uh, you know, Andrew Booth, who's a former five-star from Archer High School corner, uh, playing up there. He said it was really, really impressive. Miles Murphy, former five-star from Hillgrove High School. You know, Clemson recruits the state of Georgia hard, no question. And then Will Shipley, a guy that's a five-star that Georgia recruited, running back out of the Charlotte area. He goes, look, now, those guys, and oh, by the way, you look at Kobe Pryor running back from Cedartown, Georgia, for yeah. Clemson, because there's some guys that can flash up there. He said their roster's loaded. When you look at Georgia, he understands that Georgia's loaded. Here's what I here's what I like, and I think if anybody follows my work, I'm very careful on these type of comments because I feel like you see this everywhere when people start talking about preseason teams. But here's here's something that from some sources that I'm pretty far into. Uh, this team at Georgia has good upper class leadership. When you go back and you look at 2017. And you look at Roquan Smith, Davin Bellamy, he's a guy that's not talked about as much, Lorenzo Carter, mm-hmm. Tony Michelle, and Nick Chubb. You look at those five guys. Those guys controlled that locker room. They controlled every, both sides of the ball. Everything, you practice hard, you played hard. Nick Chubb giving those speeches about what it means to be a Georgia Bulldog, why he came back, those type of things. What I hear out of this team is a lot of similarities. You take Jamari Salyer, you take Jordan Davis, you take Nicobe Dean, you take JT Daniels, who knows he's the guy now. You take Zamir White, who came back again and everything he's battled. And you take all these upperclassmen. These guys are upperclassmen that have been there and they came, all came back for a reason. They all could have went to the NFL. They came back for a reason, to play and to win. So the similarities with 2017, that team, I'm starting to hear some of those things that anybody that's ever played football, don't care what level you're on, when you got players that are respected and those are the best players on the team, that's a great sign of chemistry. And that's a team that's worthy of all the mentions that Georgia's getting on the national press right now. Cool, cool. So, you know, as, as, as I look at it, and I'm just an amateur at all of this kind of stuff, and I look at it, you know, you hear the hype about the skill players. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, JT Daniels, uh, DJ Wian Galele, and and all the skill players. Yeah. But I still think this thing is going to be one in the trenches. The offensive line, defensive line for both teams fighting down in there. Who's going to protect your quarterback the best? Who's going to open up those holes? Who's going to stop up those holes on the defensive side? I, I really think this, uh, you know, and I guess most college games are won in the trenches or, or lost in the trenches. Is that a fair assessment? I mean, whoever controls the line of scrimmage the most, the best, is that going to be the winner of this game, you think? Always those games are won in the trenches. Now, what I will say this, for a game early on, it's who plays sloppy. You know, Georgia and Clemson, you take these two rosters, I don't care as long as they're healthy. These two teams are going to be two of the best teams in the country to end, period. Now, they're going to be different teams. They're going to get better experience, different places, but – early on in the year, who is ready to play earlier? Can those early turnovers, those sloppiness, of nerves, that type of thing, that to me, when you look at an opening game, who has that crucial turnover? But I'll tell you this, if you're sitting back as an analyst and if ESPN hired one of us, God willing, one day, and we had to sit and talk about that game, you would never go wrong talking about the two defensive lines of these two teams. It is straight NFL. I don't care. Both sides of the ball, linebackers, freak shows. The offensive line for both teams have some talented guys, but they have new players. 
So that offensive line for each team, can they block and give each other time? Because I'm telling you, I've spent a ton of time around this Clemson defensive line. Brian Breesey, Miles Murphy. I had all those guys out in San Antonio, Texas. Spent a whole week. It's crazy. Brian Breesey and Tate Ravage are like this. You couldn't yeah. separate them <laughs> in Texas. And I, and I follow both on social media. So Brian Breesey's in Athens a lot, hanging out with Tate Ratledge because they're only an hour away. They're right. good buddies. Sounds like those two are going to lock up horns. Yeah. <laughs> bit. So I can imagine the junk talking going on there. But you think about that. Tate Ratledge probably going to play a good bit. New new starter for Georgia. Part-time starter, maybe. Uh, going up against a five-star in Brian Breesey. So there's all kind of little matchups. But I totally agree what you just said. It starts inside the box then you go to the outside edges because these are grown in 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 an interior line scrimmage you know these are like two nfl b-string teams playing each other uh you know you got so many uh talented guys on on both sides of the ball it's just going to be a fun football game and you know last year i was looking forward to the florida game had great anticipation for that and the alabama game for georgia but there's you know there seems to be something different about about, about this game, maybe it's because it's the opening season, maybe because it's finally go, we're going to have a you know a stadium full. I don't know, maybe it's different elements, but for me this this game just seems so different, and I, I think it's probably because we have so many weeks to build up toward it. Um, it it's just great. I, I mean, mean, it's great. The younger generation, and God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Too, <laughs> I'm getting old. The younger generation don't understand this Clemson Georgia rivalry what yeah. it was, what it was. When they played every year and you go up 85 and you see them cars, my grandfather used to tell me stories when if Georgia beat Clemson, those cars would be lined up 85. And yeah. the <laughs> finger that Matthew's got over there, the different finger, yeah. they would be giving them the fingers when they went home. Uh, yeah, I mean, just like, I think that the younger <laughs> is gonna learn that this Clemson-Georgia rivalry can match up with any of them. And there's these two fan bases, let's be honest, they don't like each other. These two teams don't like each other. They're going to respect each other. But this is a big-time game to open the season. A lot of of national uh, eyes on this. And you you get the shoe polish out, and you write the score on the windshield, the back windshield of your car, you know, and you you do all all that kind of thing. Oh, man, so we're, we're greatly looking forward to it. Uh, we know we're busy. Yeah, you're a busy man. But l- let's get into some, uh, you know, you're you're the re- recruiting guy. You know, you, when we want to know about recruiting, uh, we think of Rusty Manziel. Thank you. So let's talk a little yeah. bit about 2022 recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I think you guys have Penn State with the number one uh, uh, ranked recruiting class, yeah, followed well. by Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, we don't want that. Uh, Alabama, Ohio State. Then you have Georgia at number five, followed by LSU, Oklahoma, Florida State, Clemson, and Texas. So at one time, I think Georgia was ranked number one. Now they kind of fell back a little bit. Yep. Why Why is Penn State and Notre Dame up there? Why, what's going on with them? It's really – now, I will not take anything away from either one of those programs because they're doing a really good job. But you look at the number of commits for each of those schools, they, they added a, a lot of players. So that's a lot of points for them. But I will say this. Penn State has done a tremendous job. They've won some big-time battles. Uh, they went head-to-head on Georgia for a couple of players and won. So, you know, I, I don't take anything away from those, but what I'll say this, I get a lot of time from Alabama, you know, people that, are, that, that don't like Alabama, like, hey, they're they're six or seven. I, I'll tell them real clear, don't worry about Alabama until December, because yeah. I promise you right now, when those rankings come out, they're going to be in that top three. If not, there's no hesitation with me. Alabama's going to, they're going to finish strong. Now, Georgia... You know, had some momentum when they got Malachi Starks and they got, you know, 
uh, Walker, the linebacker out of um, Jalen Walker out of Charlotte when they got him. You know, they had some great momentum at that point. Kind of fell off a little bit, lost some head-to-head battles. I don't back away saying that Georgia lost a couple of 50-50 battles that Kirby Smart usually wins at least some of those, but they didn't have the best summer. I'm not going to beat around the bush. But one thing I will say, I don't think you jump off the bridge yet because I'll tell you this, the one thing, the consistent, I don't care who you're a fan of, you know that Kirby Smart can flat out get it done in recruiting, and I think that Georgia will finish strong. I think they'll finish the top five class when it's over with. There's a lot of things going on. Here, here, there's something else, too. You know, um, you take a guy like Cole Spear out of Calhoun High School. People think he just kind of showed up out of nowhere. Well, Cole Spear went through a COVID season, didn't get to work out for anybody, you know, and the offseason, didn't take any visits. He couldn't get onto Georgia's campus until June. When Cole Spear, wide receiver at Calhoun High School, shows up, six foot one, 190 pounds. Oh, by the way, he runs 441 with a 38 inch vertical. Now, if Cole Spear would have done that last June as a junior, he'd be a four-star probably right now. But he's at least new to everybody. So Georgia comes in and offers him about two weeks ago. I anticipate him being a Georgia Bulldog sooner or later. Uh, you know, he's going to be a three-star prospect right now. And people kind of freak out about that. But I, I think that people don't understand there's a lot of things still behind. So the same people that freaked out about Eric Stokes being a three-star the same people that freaked out about Nick Chubb only having 60 yards in that playoff game, let things develop and trust a college football staff. They miss too. I miss, NFL teams miss, but I'll tell you this, Georgia does a great job when they in-person evaluate, I think they do a great job and you're seeing that with some Jordan Davis was a three-star. Georgia never wavered on him, never. And Trey Scott, people owe Trey Scott a lot for that because he evaluated him when he was at North Carolina in the 10th grade. Didn't matter what he was ranked. He loved him, and Jordan Davis is going to be a first-rounder. Eric Stokes, first-rounder. So sometimes let things play out and see how they get. Yeah, I, you know, most teams in the in the country, most colleges in the country, would take a top five, would they not? I oh, mean. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, Georgia. Listen, Georgia fans under Kirby Smart, they've won a lot of games, but they have definitely been spoiled and recruited you know and, and right. the thing you look at you know you look at kyle hamilton i posted something on twitter yesterday kyle hamilton from marist high school is the number one safety in the country right now in college football he went to notre dame his parents weren't from georgia he moved in here when he was an eighth grade he didn't grow up watching david green and david Pollock, dj shock and those guys you know georgia can't get every single player okay right. that's mm-hmm. just impossible that's why everybody recruits his state they got to continue to win the majority and win those out-of-state battles they're doing. So I don't think you freak out too much. But I can tell you this, Georgia's never going to own the state. There's too many talented prospects. And Kyle Hamilton is one you're going to see next year. He's going to be a top-five draft pick. Will Anderson in Alabama in two years, he might be the number one pick uh, out of mm-hmm. Nutstown. It just tells you the, the, the strength and depth of the state of Georgia. But I'll tell you this, Georgia fans have been spoiled under Kirby Smart. But I know this, the guy's an alpha recruiter. He is built that way, and he never stops recruiting. I talked to a lot of coaches that left Kirby Smart staff, and every single one of them tell me, man, that guy will send you a text at 2 a.m. He won't <laughs> know what's going on with the junior quarterback that's supposed to be here in two weeks. This guy's relentless. Yeah, good deal. Matthew, you got a question for us? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, no. I mean, uh, just comment-wise, I think, I think spot on with being spoiled for sure. <laughs> recruiting wise because I mean Mark Rick I mean we love Mark Rick you know I mean still to 
to to this day. I mean, great guy, great guy. Uh, the utmost respect. But I mean, but his methodology of uh, recruiting was much different than Kirby. Um, and I, I mean, I would have to give Kirby that. I don't think anybody would argue this either. I mean, if you were really being unbiased, I, I, I don't see how anyone could give Mark Reap the edge on recruiting over Kirby Smart. At uh, least, I mean, in, in terms of, uh, I guess, the pitch and um, different energy, you know. Yeah, just different style. You know, just a different style. I mean, completely. But I do believe. I know my my even myself. Uh, I, I know I've been spoiled. Um, with the recruiting that we've had, I mean, it's been tremendous. Uh, you know, I mean, Kirby being an alumni from from the University of Georgia, and then you know from Bainbridge, and I mean, you just got all this home. You know, this this different energy connection there too with that. So, white wife playing uh, basketball at Georgia. You know, I mean, it's, right. That, that that family's truly all in on this university. That's right. That's right. You know, so interesting. You, we we talked to Chris Burdett, uh, who played for Georgia. Uh, recently on one of our podcasts, and yep. he said, "I want to. I want to tell you something." He says, "You look at Coach Rick on the sideline. His demeanor is so calm, yep. and you know he's under control." But he said, "I want to tell you something. I've never met a more competitive person in my life than okay. Coach okay. Mark Rick." Yeah, okay. and, but he said he he per, he he on purpose controlled his emotions on the sideline to set, the, I guess, the tone for his players. The, don't get excited, don't panic, mm-hmm. don't go overboard, don't go, you know, don't uh, get all deflated. He, he, he's, he was like the captain on the ship. He yeah. knew P, uh, the guys were looking at him. I never really thought of it that way, but but he said, listen, he's the most competitive, one of the most competitive people I've ever met in my life, so. And um, don't forget, perception-wise on Mark Rick, if he had the 14 playoff in 02 and 07, yeah. he's in the playoff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, where does he go if they wind up winning one, either twelve and one, uh, to lose that game in 0-2 against Florida in 07, I think right. they would think that Georgia, when they beat Hawaii, was the best team at the end of yep. the year. So had, had Mark Rick had the ability to now have the fourteen playoff and he got in, there's no telling what would have happened and the perception of Mark Rick, but certainly a great coach, great man, different type of energy. I mean, mm-hmm. Kirby Hart is relentless every day. Uh, certainly, Mark Rick, um, you know, a little bit more laid back at times. But when it was practice time, no one ever told me that guy was laid back. He was a, a fierce competitor and just someone the kids and coaches that work for him loved him. Yeah, great guy. All right, we're going to take a break here on today's Sports Report. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment with more of today's Sports Report with Matthew Hall. I'm a dad before coach. Everything I do, I do for my family. Part of that is making sure my family has a safe place to live. When it comes time for you to find a home for your family, I only trust a team that I know has your best interest at heart. That team is Southeast Mortgage. They are Georgia grown and have served this great state for over 27 years. When it comes time to finance your home, choose Southeast Mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs. Today's Sports Report with Matthew Hall. 
All right, we're back on uh, today's sports report, and we have Rusty Manziel with us uh, from uh, 247 Sports. Rusty, uh, let, let's jump in a little bit to uh, some uh, prediction times, I guess. Um, Georgia Clemson, who you got in the well, game? I, I picked Georgia on August 1st in my season preview, you know, and I still think uh, there's this game is so tight. Uh, you know, when you look at a Las Vegas thing, I've learned when Las Vegas has the a three-point spread, they don't really – They there's no favorite there. They're guessing, yeah. They're, they're just guessing. guessing. They're trying to get action on either side. Uh, I think everything – now, I want to see where everybody is going into this game because this is one of those games where a, a major injury could change the per- everything because they're so loaded, uh, both teams, and it's, it's strengths and weaknesses. Georgia's D-line versus Clemson's O-line, probably Georgia advantage. George, Clemson's D-line versus Georgia O-line. I'd probably say Clemson has advantage just because of the experience there. So how do those things play out? Uh, JT Daniel, experienced quarterback coming back. DJ Ungalele played two games last year. What does that do for him? So I think right now I will stick with my Georgia prediction, but I want to see where everybody is at the end of August going into this game. Georgia has two very big scrimmages coming up, one Saturday and one next week. After that one next week, you're going to start seeing things trickle down uh, because you'll start seeing the first and second team getting reps. Some other guys be backing off. I will make one note. I made this point on our Dogs 247 site this week. I'm pretty sure under Kirby Smart, this will be the longest camp he's ever had because school doesn't start till August 17th. And he's going to get about 15 days of camp where the guys are in the Georgia Classic Center in a hotel. Uh, they can, you know, a lot of, a lot of work. There's been times where Georgia only had six days of camp. Florida, take an example, Florida had the entire month of August last year. They were in camp. They didn't start school in September. So huge advantage to to Florida. See how that played out. So Georgia, a little bit different under Kirby Smart, too, as far as you want to talk about here. There's little things that doesn't get written. This is the longest camp under Kirby Smart that Georgia Mm. football has ever had. Interesting, Matthew. Who you got? Georgia Clemson. As if I didn't know. You know, you know, I'm gonna go with the dogs, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, you know, Clemson is a. I do believe they're a formidable foe. I just, you know, like I said on, uh, I I don't know if I said it on the show the other day or what we, you know, when I said it, but I just think back to JT Daniels at the end of when we played Cincinnati. And I think about what he said with with that unfinished business, and you know, and then recently, uh, you know, he uh, put up a post uh, where he says Showtime. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I just, you know, and Georgia. I I think back to the last time I really remember when Georgia had a quarterback that had I want to say a lot of moxie, a lot, and and I think back to Stafford. Um, Stafford had this chip on his shoulder. Um, it didn't matter who he was stepping on the field with. He had some moxie about him, and he, he knew he was going to beat. I mean, that was in his mind. He was going to beat whoever was on that field with him. So I kind of see that in J.T. Daniels. And, and, and I'm going to call it. I'm hoping I'm not going jinx to uh, jinx this in any way. Uh, but I'm going to say that J.T. Daniels really has a trans, uh, transitional year, a lot like Joe Burrow had. Um, I believe you're going to see that occur with with. Jay. I believe we run the table, we win it all this season. All right, there, there you go. Well, I, I'm going to take Georgia. Uh, it's a game time decision, <laughs> yeah. but I've got I've got to go with Georgia. All right, here's the next one. Will the SEC stay in two divisions or go to four pods? 
with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. What are we going to do? We're going to go to two divisions, Alabama-Auburn coming to the east, uh, Texas-Oklahoma staying in the west. We're going to divide up into pods. What do you what do you think? How are we going to do this thing? Everything from every angle I've heard is going to be pods. Um, it's just going to be the four-team pods. And, you know, to me, you look at that, and whether you like it or not, I mean, college football is changing. The landscape changes. We just have to adapt. Well, I get so many questions like, do you like it? No, no, I don't like it. But it doesn't matter to me. This is the direction we're going. Right. So this is how it's going to be. So I think if you can get that done, and then you start looking at playoff. If the playoff expands to 12, what they're talking about, then you're then you're comfortable because I can't see a, a way that there's not at least four teams, five teams from SEC that make that thing. So yeah. you start looking at that, and you like if you're a Georgia guy, you like the you like the the, the fact that if five get in, then you feel really good about yeah. Georgia being one of those every year. So mm-hmm. you start looking at the landscape of college football. I don't know how it's going to play. It's never going to be the same. But you know when you bring Texas and Oklahoma in there, there's going to be some big. I can't imagine a Georgia fan base going to Norman. What you know? They, I mean, they they go, they travel. Okay, yeah. what's that? Georgia freaking travels. Yes, they so, do. I saw the Vanderbilt tickets went on sale, so I just clicked on the Vanderbilt site the other day, <laughs> and all the tickets for all their games are like fifty bucks, forty five. You click on that Georgia one, it's like eighty five dollars because yeah. they, they know that Georgia fans are going to pay that to go to Nashville. So well, you know, you got to be smart to go to Vanderbilt. So yeah, <laughs> now definitely. in. If they go to pods, that means that in your pod, you'll play every team in your pod. And then it'll rotate around the conference. You'll have different games against different teams. Uh, You know, that's what's that going to do to Alabama LSU? I mean, you you want that game every year. You you, there's some of these games that you want to see consistently. So what do you think? You know, if they go to pods, my guess is Georgia would lose Auburn. Uh, Yeah. You know, Alabama would probably lose LSU. So, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. but. It, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. But whether to dwell on it, you just think, you know what? We're bringing two really good programs into it. And I don't know, you know, if I'm another conference, I'm thinking, how do you recruit against this? You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. You got Texas and Oklahoma and ESPN, whether whatever role ESPN's got in, I'm not going to take up for ESPN. But if ESPN is in control of that thing and they're knee deep with SEC, you can't imagine where game day is going to be every week and then yep. start talking about the major games. And so if you're an SEC president or a coach or what, here's the thing too. I, I talked to, I talked with an SEC coach, not Kirby Smart, I talked with a coach not recently. And I said, coach, I can't even imagine where coaching salaries are going to be. I didn't think about this. Yeah. He said, well, our salaries are enough. Now the pressure is going to be so much, but these assistant coaches are going to get raises. Wow. Because there'll be a $3 million coordinator in the next two years. I've never thought about that, but you know, that's, that's the true. one side of it. I mean, there's going to be, and we're talking about a billion dollars. So it's, it's, it's big time football. Wow. It's, it's wild. Matthew, what do you think? Two divisions, um, four pod? I mean, I honestly, I, you know, I haven't really done a whole lot of research on it. I mean, I think two divisions is kind of big. Uh, I, you know, pods wise. Uh, makes more sense, especially if you expand the college football playoff, I believe. So, I mean, I don't like, I won't like if Georgia loses Auburn. I mean, you know, I mean, if that game is not a, you know, yearly rivalry type thing every year. I'd have to do a divine intervention if Georgia loses Auburn. I mean, it would be a little weird, but at the same time, I mean, uh, 
just like Russ was saying, you know, when we with college football changing, I mean, no one expected Texas and Oklahoma to all of a sudden just be in the SEC either. So, you know, you know I think <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, deer stuck in the headlights moment, really. I think. I, mean, that. I, I was thinking about Oklahoma State the other day. You know, they're so competitive with Oklahoma. Wow. And they're sitting there looking at Oklahoma go to the SEC. And I haven't, I haven't read anything from anybody from Oklahoma State. But I'm thinking, you know, they're the, like Georgia, Georgia Tech. Sure. You know, and Oklahoma State's kind of like the little brother as opposed to the big brother. And I'm thinking, Oklahoma State saying, well, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> they're stuck there in the big, it's not the 12 anymore. It's the yeah. 8th, I guess. Or whatever. Yeah. I think I think we're going to go to four pods as well. We'll do a couple of more of these. Uh, who, what's your prediction? Who will win the SEC West and the SEC East? Who do you think, Rusty? Well, I certainly have been on the limb and said Georgia. And until somebody dethrones Alabama, I mean, I, I just have to go with Alabama. I mean, it's just you know, it's yeah. uh, there. I've I've been around. There's a lot of questions on Bryce Young. I spent a, a whole week again with Bryce Young in Texas. Spent a lot of time around Bryce Young. Um, he's a really good player, man, and and he's small. Now he is small, but yeah. the game has changed so much that I don't think that factors as much as it would have ten years ago. So if he's healthy and he stays upright for Alabama this entire year, and they're, and they're loaded, um, you know some. To, 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 to hold up a trophy at the end of the year, I don't care who it is, you got to go through Tuscaloosa. Yep. And uh, at some point, Georgia is going to have to, you know, get back in the ring with those guys, and I think they look forward to that. But, uh, you know, if Georgia beats Clemson, there's a ton of momentum heading into the year. But I think the one thing of all the stuff that Kirby Smart's done, winning a Rose Bowl, and one SEC, one a Sugar, one of New Year's Day six, he's got to win in that Mercedes-Benz again. He's got to win in there, and he's got to beat Alabama in that building because if they beat Alabama in that building, they may have to beat them again in a month. But they got to get across that path one yeah. time to take this program to where it is. And I think if Georgia beats Clemson, all this preseason hype is going to be – they're going to get the worthy of – because the rest of the year, Georgia's going to be a heavy favorite until the Florida game. Yeah. So uh, I think you got Alabama in the West. I'll go with Georgia in the East, and we'll see if anybody can knock any one of the schools off before uh, Mercedes-Benz. As much as things change, they stayed us the same to a great degree. What about it, Matthew? SEC West and East, who do you think? I mean, Georgia, you know, Georgia is definitely going to win. I think Rusty's right. I mean, I, I think it's hard to go against Alabama. I mean, just because just, you know, the dominance that they've had. And, you know, you look at the competition around them, I mean, in that in – that, uh, in that arena that they're playing in, I mean, there's, in my opinion, I just, I don't see, I don't see anybody knocking them off. I mean, I think, I mean, you know, I hate, I hate to sound like copycat here, yeah, Rusty, but I mean, but uh, but being realistically here, I mean, uh, you know, I do believe Georgia wins, and I believe, and I believe Rusty's right until Georgia, I believe, you know, Alabama's a hurdle for Georgia. Well, uh, you know what Jimbo Fisher said? He's going to beat the rear end of. Well, they go yeah. saving it. They, they go there. So, I mean, you know, Texas A&M, it's, you not, never know. it's not an easy road for Alabama. They got a tough game there. Uh, Texas A&M will be ready for them, but it's yeah. all about quarterback play. For me, if you're going to be Alabama, history shows, you better have a quarterback, and he yeah. better play high level that night. Mm-hmm. And you better be for the entire game. You can't let sure. it down. Sure. Uh, let's run over uh, quickly the uh, coaches in the SEC. Nick Saban, of course, Alabama. Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M. Dan Mullen, Florida. Kirby Smart, Georgia. Ed Orgeron, LSU. Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss. Uh, Mark Stoops, Kentucky. Mike Leach, uh, Mississippi State. Now, Brian Harrison, 
uh, at uh, Auburn coming from Boise State. Eli uh, Drinkowitz at uh, Missouri. Josh Heupel at Tennessee coming from uh, US, uh, UCF. Uh, Sam Pippen, uh, Arkansas. Shane Beamer, South Carolina from the Oklahoma staff. Clark Lee Vanderbilt uh, from Notre Dame. He was Nor- Notre Dame's defensive coordinator uh, last year. So my question is, of, of these first-year coaches, um, and pretty good guys, yeah, yeah, some some pretty good pedigrees here, of the first-year coaches, who do you think is, is going to have the better year among these uh, first-year c- uh, coaches? Uh, will it be Harson at, at Auburn? Boy, Heupel's going to have a hard time. I think at Tennessee, bless his heart. Uh, Beamer at Oklahoma. Who do you think is going to have the better first year of these uh, SEC coaches? I, I think the better roster is Auburn for those guys. Uh, you got Tank Bigsby running back. you got a returning quarterback in Bo Nix. you got some guys on the outside, Mike Bobo's there now. Um, you get, listen, uh, it's just unfortunate, but Demetrius Robertson just really couldn't crack the, the top rotation. That means not a good player. Uh, so Demetrius Robertson goes from Auburn, Georgia over to Auburn, so they pick up another elite guy on the edge. So, in my opinion, of those guys, I think when you look at rosters, you know Vanderbilt, they're, they're, they got a long way to go. Uh, Shane Beamer's done a really good job on Twitter. He's done, he's done, a, he had a really <laughs> good press conference. But uh, you know, they, and their schedule is pretty favorable. Now that East Carolina game, South Carolina wins that game too against East Carolina. They could really have some momentum, regardless of what happens with Georgia in Week Three. They could really surprise some people and peel all four or five wins, you know, before you know what's going on. I think that East Carolina game is a big game for for them. Uh, the roster's still a little bit down, so we'll see if Shane Beamer can continue his momentum from the summer into the fall recruiting. But, uh, you know, you look at Heupel, I know he's going to be fast-paced. You know, they lost so many transfers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that mean – A portal killed them, didn't it? A portal killed them. And, and, and I think Tennessee fans know. But I'll tell you this, I'm very interested who, who wins the job there. In this offense, because I'll tell you this, they're going to be very fast-paced. They're going to throw. They're going to be unlike anybody else. Now, uh, you know, Mike Leach throws it around. They come up there and they look at the offense. He calls a play. They just Tennessee is going to be fast-paced as fast as you can go. So I'd be interested to see that. But if my my opinion would be Brian Harson, uh, Mike Bobo, and, and Derek Mason, those guys at Auburn, I think they'll have the best first year. What do you think, Matthew? Who's yeah. going to have the better first year? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think Auburn, Auburn's coach Harson here is going to have a really. I think he's coming into a good situation. I mean, Bo Nix. I mean, he's got a lot of experience. Um, I actually like Bo Nix. I think if Bo Nix had the right characters around him, or he was in the right scheme. I think his. I agree. Uh, his own his own numbers and his own uh, name status and and who he is would be bigger. Um, so I mean, I, and then with Biggs being there, I mean, a lot of a lot of there's been a lot of calls that he's the best running back in the SEC. You know, I know that's uh, some bulletin board material for some of the Georgia running backs, maybe. But I mean, the guy is, you know, he's he he is huge by number one and number two. You know, uh, he's going to run the rock hard. Um, so I think they're they're definitely in a, a good situation. Um, other than that, maybe Beamer might. I mean, I, I'm not high on South Carolina at all. I do think uh, Tennessee. I mean, it, I think it will be interesting to see that UCF type system and in, in, you know throw slung in there. Uh, uh, at least some of that 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 coaching slung into the Tennessee playbook. So, but I think Harson is in the best position. Yeah, I think so, Harson as well. And and one just one final one. Uh, will George? Will there be a Georgia player? Will a Georgia player be a Heisman finalist this year? Is there a guy off our roster 
is going to be in New York early December as one of the finalists for the Heisman Trophy. What do you think, Rusty? Well, certainly the, the easy pick is JT Daniels. Can, it, can he do that? Because he'll have every opportunity. And for JT Daniels, it starts early. You don't get a chance, uh, but a few times to Georgia does against Florida every year. They're kind of the 330 national game. But this is prime time, opening weekend. The entire country, I don't care if you're a fan of Texas, I don't care if you're a fan of UCLA, everybody is watching the Georgia-Clemson game. Uh, and I think that he has a great opportunity to kind of put his footprint and get himself into that race early because if he has a good game there, he should be, uh, you know, a guy that's got a chance to end up. So if you ask me if anybody, any player on Georgia's team, if he was healthy, I would say Pickens because he's going to get a lot of touches. He would have got a lot of touches. Mm -hmm. uh, coming back as a third-year guy, and he's a flashy guy. He can make all kind of plays. Uh, not there, obviously. So I think JT Daniels, the obvious answer there, and we'll see how he goes. But he'll have uh, he'll have opportunities to get himself there. Yeah. What do you think, Matthew? Do we I have a yeah. finalist? Uh, Again, I think uh, Daniels is going to have a – I mean, I hate to say it, you know, like you said, I hope I'm not jinxing myself, go dogs, but I'm going to call it Daniels is going to have a Joe Burrow-type transition. Georgia's going to run the table. JT Daniels is there. He is yeah. the Heisman Trophy winner. I'm calling you know, I'd love I'd love to see Zamir White there, but I think with the stable of running backs you got at the University of Georgia, you're not going to have the stats. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, you may have three guys that have over 500 yards rushing for Georgia, but that's not going to get you, you know, recognition. But but it's the collective group in the running backs. I'd love to see Zamir there, but I, I think, you know, crossing my fingers here, I, I'd love to see JT there and. Yep. After a great year. Well, Rusty, it is so good. Rusty Daniel, I'm Daniel, listen to me. I got hey, <laughs> you're not JT Brothers, all right. Rusty Manziel with us of Recruit How soon they forget, Rusty. Rusty Manziel from uh, 247sports.com. And we'll be looking for you on Peachtree mm -hmm. TV. Now, you'll be yeah. doing the color anal uh, analyst for the games. Is that correct? Yeah, next Wednesday we start a uh, major Georgia target, Oscar Delp out of West Forsyth, All-American tight end. Uh, he plays Carver High School on uh, Wednesday night against uh, – he plays against Carver High School Wednesday night. Be on Peachtree. Then Friday night I'm doing the North Cobb-Buford game. There's a ton, two Georgia commits playing for North Cobb, a ton of G Georgia targets on the Buford game. That's 830, and that'll be – to me, that's the game of the week in the state next year along with Raven County and Jefferson. Uh, but you look at North Cobb Buford, that's going to be a game that uh, everybody, and I think, around the country will be able to stream and, and tune in on. Very good. And, of course, uh, you, you're going to be in the shallow uh, shadow of uh, Kaylee Manziel. No doubt. We'll be no doing the uh, pregame and the halftime. And yep. congratulations to you and Kaylee. Uh, Rusty, thank you. It's always a great joy yeah. to have you with us on thank our program. And on, uh, we'll be talking to you again soon about what's happening in college football. Matthew, good to have you with us today. And thank you all for joining us today on today's Sports Report brought to you by UGA Football News. And go dogs! Go dogs! Thank you for joining us for this edition of today's Sports Report. We thank our many fine sponsors for making our program possible. Be sure to join us for our next program as we keep you up to date with University of Georgia football and more. Until then, be safe and go dogs.